6640. Your future lies in 6640. 66 books by 40 authors, and yet we now discover it's an integrated message system from outside our time domain. Welcome to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher is Chuck Missler, connecting the Bible to your life and the world around you. In today's study, Chuck continues his teaching on the book of Proverbs, chapters 1 through 4. Wisdom's first call in chapter 1 will be to the scorner, the fool, and the simple. Those three losers will be called by wisdom to, uh, to salvation. When we get to chapter 8, we'll have the call to wealth. That'll just be to the fool and the simple. And we get to the third call for life. It's only to the simple. You notice that? See, the fool, all three groups were in, embraced in the first call. Two groups, fool and the simple, in the second call, and the simple alone. The other losers have fallen by the wayside, apparently, in terms of the call. So I think that's... Uh, the, the structure isn't that important except to realize there is a structure. There is a pattern that's going here. Folly has three calls. The first is a call to condemnation in chapter 5. The second call to poverty. And the third to death. That's the end of where folly will lead you, in effect. And what are the results? Well, for the scorner... He rejected wisdom and met destruction. He listened to folly and received destruction. The fool will reject wisdom and was led to death in chapter 8. He listened to folly and received death also in chapter 5. The, the simple rejected wisdom and went to hell in chapter 9. And he listened to folly and ended up in hell in chapter 7. So we find those destinies for those three losers. So that's a little background profile. Let's jump into chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment and equity, to give subtly to the simple, to the young man, excuse me, the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and interpretation, the words of the wise, and their dark sayings. It's interesting to realize all through the scripture that Solomon loved what is called dark sayings, enigmas, riddles. And uh, we'll find some of those that'll be fun to unravel. In Psalm 78, he says, I will... I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. So this is one of the mechanisms of conveying instruction and through enigmas. And we're going to encounter some of those. In the first few verses, verses 2 through 6, we have the purpose of the book of Proverbs laid out for us. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life. See, the discipline is all through here. 
for giving prudence to the simple, for understanding Proverbs, parables, sayings, and riddles of the wise. And here we have the key verse in the entire book, not just for the session. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The, uh, this whole area of instruction and discipline is all through here, and it's interesting how we get it backwards with our children, for example. When our children are, are bad, we shouldn't punish them. We should discipline them. It doesn't, that doesn't mean not giving them a spanking, but we need to understand it's discipline, not punishment. We get it backwards. We discipline our criminals and punish our children. It ought to be the other way around. It ought to be the other way around. The, um, it always fascinates me to realize that in Israel they had no prisons. Think about it. Anyway, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Now, this is not an instruction for phylacteries. doesn't mean they have to make copies of these and put them in some kind of brooch and wear it around their neck. It's a, it's a, it's a rhetorical device, obviously. But uh, leave it to some rabbis to challenge that. This is the key verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And chapter 9, verse 10, will say the beginning of wisdom. One step further. Proverbs, uh, continuing verse 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. In other words, you're going to find a, a, a stream of suggestions here that are trying to enlist the young man. And the whole profile here in these early chapters is a young man getting ready for life. The father instructing him. He says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, Come with us, let us lay wait for blood, let us lurk privately for the innocent without cause, let us swallow them up as alive, excuse me, let us swallow them up alive as the grave, and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance, we shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us, let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path, for their feet run to evil to make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. Now obviously this attempt to enlist the young man in some kind of nefarious plot is generalizable, not the specifics. Obviously the whole idea here is that uh, not to pursue ill-gotten gains. And uh, because it's going to talk more and more about where that it, 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 crime does, what it's basically saying is crime does not pay. Now, that's hard to sell today. When I grew up, 40s, 50s, and so forth, it was fashionable to say crime does not pay. You didn't come out with a movie that didn't have the crooks caught, you know. It was just a, an axiom of the the day that uh, crime does not pay. And don't misunderstand me, I'm not saying it does today, but it certainly appears to our young people it does. You know, it, 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 we have successfully in our culture disconnected character from destiny. It, the, 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 the belief that was prevalent decades ago was that if you 
worked hard and had let it really went, had a straight life that, you'd, that would lead to success and wealth and security. Today, everybody knows that it's what you can get away with. How far can you bend the law without breaking it? And so forth. Um, different atmosphere. And as exemplary, and I look at uh, Bill Clinton in the last administration as not the cause, as a symptom. But uh, you have, you, we have uh, uh, an astonishing list of people at the top offices of the land that were murdered. Over 100. We have uh, um, uh, a, a whole style of administration that uh, you look, it's it, it, it just a shocker. Now, uh, you, look at the UN, you look at the UN with its corruption. It, it seems the higher you go in whatever organization, it's, whether it's in France or whether it's the UN or even in our own country, uh, especially in the previous administration, and who knows, maybe in ours too, in the, in the current one. The point is, we clearly live, it, it used to, uh, most of my executive career was in the Wall Street environment. My word is my bond. They, these are men that may not have been moral, but they were ethical. And you, wouldn't, you couldn't conceive of a thing like Enron and some of these other uh, crimes, uh, uh, ethical crimes at, at, the, at that level. It's astonishing. Anyway, um, this is really a call. This, this is arguing that ultimately crime does not pay. And uh, we, we live in a, in, a, in a culture in which crime seems to, and one in which it formulates the primary policies on the geopolitical horizon. Terrorism pays. Why? Because we reward it by appeasing it, by, by giving it funds. And we don't just do that on the underground, we do it on the White House lawn. Anyway. When they lay wait for their own blood, they look privately for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. Basically a... a, a uh, expression of the, the fact that crime does not pay and to understand that it doesn't because the, the, ultimate, the ultimate issue is judgment. Now we, have, we hear from wisdom. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the street. She crieth in the chief place of the concourse in the openings of the gates in the city. She uttereth her word saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity and the scorners delight in their scorning, and the fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. This is the, the counterbalance. This is the, the, the voice of wisdom crying out against this previous. We have wisdom and folly. Remember, we have three calls from wisdom, three from folly. And uh, wisdom's first call we hear here is, is, is before us between this verse and to the end of this chapter. Continuing, wisdom says, Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as a desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind when distress and anguish cometh upon you. Boy, boy, boy. This, of course, is being aimed at the individual level. But I wouldn't be a bit surprised if you couldn't apply this to the national level. 
we have chosen a path in this country uh, that puts us in, a, in a, a, a collision course with God, with the condoning of homosexuality, with the uh, over a million abortions per year, uh, with the uh, morality that we embrace, or lack thereof. Um, and we further are foolish enough to involve ourselves with the enemies of Israel when God has again and again and again indicated that piece of land, that piece of real estate has his name on it. Not the PLOs, not the UN, not even Israel's, except as a tenant under condition of, uh, conditions of obedience. And we, in our foreign policy, have invited God's judgment. And then we're surprised with Katrina and Rita and, and who knows what else is coming. Um, we're, it's, uh, we're, we're closing our eyes to wisdom. So, okay, we have uh, these the scorner rejected wisdom and met destruction. We're just getting warmed up in these things. We're gonna, we've got quite a few chapters left here. Uh, moving on. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me early, but they shall not find me. Think about that. They shall call upon me, and I will not answer. Wisdom speaking. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would, have, they would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. It's fascinating to study God's methods and realize that he pretty much judges people by giving them what they're asking for. And one of the things you and I need to do is kneel by our bed tonight and thank God for the prayers of our lifetime that he didn't answer. Some uh, uh, One close pastor friend of mine preached from the pulpit on that. He says, all you need to do to convince yourself of that is to go to a high school reunion and see that gal that you couldn't live without back then. Therefore, they shall eat, the, getting back to more serious, they, they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. How interesting. Think about that one. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. In other words, have peace from the fear of evil. It's black and white, isn't it? It really boils down as to whether you really have uh, the fear of the Lord or not. If you do, you can entrust this, you're on your way. It's that simple. Now, each one, obviously, as you can tell, each one of these verses is a more than adequate springboard for a whole hour sermon and examples from life, from national life, from our personal lives, what have you, people you've known. I'm sparing you all of that for a lot of reasons because the ones that are important are the ones that you conjure up in your devotion on these verses. So I encourage you to, to uh, double back on that. The path of wisdom, chapter 2, 
protects our paths. Chapter 3 will direct our paths. And chapter 4, wisdom perfects our paths. Well, we have the next three chapters that give us the path of wisdom. Chapter 2, wisdom protects our paths. Chapter 3, wisdom directs our paths. And chapter 4, wisdom perfects our paths. And as we talk now, let's keep in mind that the term wisdom is not an abstraction. It's a person. It's personified here as a woman because it's a female gender in the Hebrew uh, grammar. But the person is identified for us in the scriptures, none other than Jesus Christ. So let's get into chapter 2. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Pretty straightforward. Wisdom in the scriptures means the ability to use knowledge properly. It occurs in this book uh, 37 times. It means Jesus Christ for the believer today, of course, as we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Paul tells us, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification. <clears throat> but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And is made unto us wisdom. So there's an identity here that we can uh, ascribe to. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Boy, that, that could be a cornerstone of a whole study. It, it's, a, it's a rebuttal, among other things, of the value relativism that we inculcate our kids in. It's the Lord that giveth wisdom. Without God, they have no wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He's a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of the saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. So if you're in him, you got it made in every respect. If not, there's no chance. It's a black and white situation. That's what the book of Proverbs is going to try to get across in great detail. When wisdom entereth into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, <clears throat> discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things, who leave the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness, to re who rejoice to do evil and delight in the forwardness of the wickedness, the forwardness of the wickedness. Those whose ways are, oh, let me back up. Who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they froward in their paths, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger, which flattereth with her words, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. See, again, I want you to visualize Solomon instructing his young sons and among them put them on the guard for the adulteress, uh, prostitute, what have you. Um, it's ironic that a man that was the wisest man of his day that started off so fabulously ended up 
in apostasy because of women. Because he had women draw him away from his earlier commitments. How ironic that he didn't, at the end, fulfill. Even he had, he, he had an incredible life and he produced some incredible literature. But at the end of the day, he did not finish well. One of the goals you and I should have is finishing well. Finishing well. He continues, For her house inclineth unto death, and her paths unto the dead. None that go unto her return again. Neither take they hold of the paths of life, that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. Pretty straightforward stuff. I mean, we could uh, build on each one of these. For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Do you believe that? You know, most of us probably say in our heart of hearts, that's most of the time, but maybe, just maybe, there are exceptions. I don't, I don't see any exceptions. I think God is a God of justice, and it will get reconciled at the end. Why do the wicked prosper? What a, what a, big, what a big topic that is. Let's get to chapter 3, the path of wisdom. Chapter 2, it protects our paths. Chapter 3, wisdom directs our paths. Chapter 4, he perfects our paths. And we're in chapter 3 at this point. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Interesting phrase. But let thine heart keep my commandments. You know, it's interesting if you study the Ten Commandments, all but one are operationally defined. You can tell if somebody did it or didn't. Or if you steal or if you worship an idol. You can t it's, a, it's an overt act. The, the, the adultery is, a, is, is in the heart. And of course, Jesus redefines all of those for us in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. That the, the real sin occurs in the heart, not in the act. The act is just a follow-through of what's in the heart. It's interesting here in the Old Testament, in the book of Proverbs, my son, forget not my law, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. If you keep his commandments in your heart, you flee from sin before it takes root. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. In other words, it's promising um, benefit from these commandments in the current lifetime. We all understand, yes, there will be benefits in the afterlife, or however you want to call it. The uh, length of days, long life, and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Boy, that's a challenge to all of us. And I, that's the way I think you have to study this book. This is not like some of the other books where we have historical or prophecy books where we can come up and make some diagrams and make some charts and show how this fits into that and all that sort of stuff. That's fun. I, I enjoy that, the exposition of it. This is um, the way to appropriate Proverbs is to digest it yourself. These things don't require expositional comments. Where they can, I, where I'll try to as we go forward, get into some of the vocabulary subtleties and some of that. But um, most of these are so straightforward, they're disarming. 
They're so straightforward. Just a question of applying them, digesting them, rereading them, and asking the tough questions. You know, how does this fit in my life? How do I relate what I'm hearing here to Jesus Christ? And vice versa. Now, this is, this is one of these great verses that is, should be in all our little memory packs. It's a great verse. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Boy, that's a great promise. That's a great challenge and a great um, promise. Trust the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. I personally believe every day that goes by God asks me in a different way, do you trust me? Every day, sometimes subtly, sometimes in very serious terms, God finds a way to ask me the question, Chuck, do you trust me? It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and what's the side of that? He shall direct thy paths. Do you believe that? Yes. Make that a personal word. That's a, that's a life verse right there. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. For it shall be health to thy navel and morrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. I am so tired of people trying to argue about New Testament tithes. You know, do I, I'm, not, I'm not in the Old Testament, I don't have to tithe. Jesus said his disciples were going to tithe. So I, you, 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 you want to get, start splitting definitions and so forth? Um, uh, Malachi 3.10, of course, is the ultimate rebuttal, but Proverbs 3.10 comes close here. Um, honor the Lord with thy substance. You've been listening to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher was Chuck Missler, teaching through the book of Proverbs. Download the K-House TV app to access an ever-growing collection of free resources. Visit the iTunes or Android app store, or search K-House TV on your Roku streaming device. Thank you for listening to 6640 and for your continued prayerful support of this ministry. Until next time, as we continue this series, May God bless you with the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, as you study His Word.